What are the chances that you and I live in an alien simulation? Hey guys, this is Eric Hoven, president of Creation Today, and you are in for a very interesting conversation because there have been some legitimate scientists and physicists and brilliant people that are introducing some really strange ideas into the world of science, and we need to address those. Hey, I'm uh, thankful to have you guys on here. Uh, for those of you, if you're joining me by uh, Facebook or YouTube, thank you for hanging out. This is sure to be a unique conversation. I guarantee some of the things you're about to hear you've never heard. Most of you have never even thought of it before. Uh, for those of you over on the Creation Today side, your Creation member, thank you. It is you guys that allow us to do these conversations over and over, and I'm really, really appreciative of that. Um, hey, if you're on Facebook or YouTube, you get to hang out with us for the first half hour, and then if you want to enjoy the rest of the conversation, you head on over to Creation Today and sign up there. Uh, I, am, I am blessed. Uh, we have the privilege of having right here in studio, which is actually a hotel uh, that we're doing a conference at up in Washington, Seattle, Washington area. Actually, what town am I in? This is in Kelso, Kelso, Kelso Washington. <laughs> uh, we're doing a whole thing on Mount St. Helens this week and going to be amazing. And uh, so we're, we're here. And my guest is Spike Basaris. Uh, Spike Basaris runs creationastronomy.com. And it's an incredible resource for people to get information about creation and astronomy. Spike, thanks for hanging out with me today. I thanks appreciate it. Me. We're talking about something this crazy. Yep. Indeed. <laughs> and 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 this is not something that you and I just made up. It's oh, no. literally a legitimate conversation. Some that we prominent have scientists are talking about this now. Legitimate, uh, credential, degreed, intelligent scientists. Yes or no? This. In the comments, have you ever heard of the alien simulation idea? I think they call it a hypothesis. I'm not sure if it would fit that. But um, Spike, you uh, have an interesting uh, background. Uh, you now speak out um, in favor of creation yes. over an evolution worldview that wasn't always your story. I used to have the other worldview. <laughs> so tell us, how did you change from a other worldview, an evolutionary, uh, would you say atheist? Yes. An atheistic a evolutionary And evolutionist. And I was an atheist because I was an evolutionist. Okay, you got to tell us that story first. I understood that science showed how we all got here without a creator. So there's no need for one. So why would you believe a religion anyway? And you had just grown up with that? Is that just yes. your education? Your I was a science geek my whole life. My background is engineering and physics. And that was where my worldview arose from. And you weren't a slough in this. You actually dedicated your life and, and, and moved your way up the corporate ladder, if you will, to really be a successful engineer. I mean, you, you did that with the U.S. military. Yeah, I was in the space program, in the, the military side of the space program as an atheist and evolutionist. And that's sort of where this whole journey began because a Christian coworker invited me to reconcile my simultaneous belief in the laws of physics and the Big Bang model and to make those two work together because he contended they didn't. And the more I thought about his question, the more I realized he was correct, they don't. And that started me to look into the assumptions and basic background of the worldview that I held and realized it didn't hold water, Whoa. so to speak. 
And the deeper I dug and the more adamant I became to find an answer to this problem, the worse it got. Because <laughs> I didn't want to be where I am sitting, sitting with you now. This is not the worldview I set out to have. I was trying to disprove creation and try to find a consistent secular explanation for the universe and its contents and how we all got here. Well, if you're worried that this could happen to you, uh, you may want to stop right now. If you're an atheist evolutionist and you don't want to ever, ever, ever be challenged. No, so, okay, well, tell, can, you, can you give me that journey? I mean, share with us what, I love hearing this. What is it that took you from atheist evolutionist, you had some questions that you couldn't reconcile, can you go into that and then let's lay the groundwork for, I, I want to get to this alien idea. This is, yep. this is mind blowing to me. So I want to get there, but, but lay some background for us. Sure. And my background being physics, that tends to be how I think. Okay. So there's different areas of science and many wonderful things we could talk about, but that's just how I approach things. So in your relationships, you've never had arguments because it's just simply <laughs> logic and facts. That, no, not We that. won't talk about it. Okay. <laughs> but you look at, all, everything around us, and there's different aspects we could talk about. I mean, the beauty of creation, the wonder, the design, mm. the engineering. Um, but the largest question of all is where did it all come from? Because that's that, true. That gets you to where, why are we here, which is what everybody wants to, to know, right? Some of the basic questions sure. of life that we all ask. So, where did this all come from? Well, I realize that ultimately there's a simple question to ask about all of this, and it's a question that most people don't really ask, at least not from this perspective. And you can kind of sidestep a lot of the arguing about details of one model or another model and get down to basics. Okay. And I like to ask a basic question. Did the universe have a beginning? Simple question, six words. I don't have my pen and paper to take notes. I'm going to have to <laughs> okay. type my notes in. Somebody in the chat uh, over on the Creation Today side and somebody on Facebook, somebody on YouTube, just take some notes here in the chat, okay? So one basic question. Did the universe have a beginning? Six words. Did the universe have a beginning? So how many possible answers are there to that question? I can only think of two. Uh, yes. <laughs> positive and negative. And yes no. and no. Right. Okay. Right. Now, we would affirm as Christians and creationists that the universe had a beginning. Right. And that's consistent with what we see, as we'll talk about in a moment. Okay. Uh, the secular thinker, though, doesn't want to have a creator in here, certainly not a supernatural creator, and so has to come up with some other explanation that's consistent with science. Now, I like to ask that question because of those two answers, yes and no, each of them violates the laws of physics if a supernatural creator is not involved. So you ask a question that has a yes or no answer. Yep. And no matter which way you answer that, if you don't start with God, you're stuck. You're going to violate physics in one way or the other. Okay, go into that. So if your goal is to produce a model that's consistent with physics, you have a real problem. <laughs> so, let's, let's, so let's talk about that. So if okay. the answer is yes, yes, the universe had a beginning. Well, if the universe is everything, which is what the word means, and everything had a beginning, then what existed before the beginning? Then nothing could exist before the exactly. beginning. Because right. if there was something, then whatever had the beginning wasn't, was no longer the universe. Right. So everything had a beginning. There could have been nothing before that. Well, can you go from nothing to something? Can nothing make anything? No. No. Because right. from nothing comes nothing. Because nothing. nothing can do nothing. Nothing. Exactly. So, and this is um, actually formalized in a principle of physics called the conservation of mass energy. Okay. That principle says that the total amount of mass and energy in the universe never changes. You can okay. change the relative amounts, 
like you can take a bomb, which is a physical chunk of stuff, and turn it into a big fireball in energy. Um, but you didn't create the energy out of nothing. It came from the physical stuff. You had to start with something first Correct. to get that. I remember so, learning about this in high school and thinking, man, I, I can burn down a house, and the house is now gone, but it just <laughs> changed its form. Right. It just, yeah. Sure. That's a good way. Yeah, good example. Well, not that we want to do yeah, that. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, let's not do the experiment. We got fires out here. Right. I mean, the, the smoke has filled the air. No, we don't need fires going on. But this, this is really built into physics at a very fundamental level. Uh, it's one of the first things you learn if you take a physics class. Okay. And most of the ways you solve your homework problems and your exam problems are actually applying this specific principle to the given problem you're working with in a different, in whatever way is applicable. So fundamental principle of physics, something can't come from nothing. Okay. Yet the Big Bang model requires that, if you think about it. That's it true. It says that there was nothing and then there was everything. How to start with nothing. Right. The singularity that came from nowhere or that the, I guess they're trying to figure that out, right? Because they, they, they can't They talk that. about it once in a while, but there's no real answer to this. Okay. Um, but I shouldn't have mentioned the Big, big Bang yet, actually, because this is a more fundamental problem than the Big Bang model even. Okay. This is a problem with any model of origins that doesn't have the creator in it. Whether it's the Big Bang or some other model someone else Anything. comes up with, you, you still have the same question. Did the universe have a beginning? Huh. If you say yes, then something had to come from nothing, and that doesn't work. Like That's our, true. Like our, so you, you kind of cross that one off. You go, okay, right. without God, okay, that one in a secular worldview, you cannot answer yes to that question. If you don't want to violate physics. Okay. And I, love so then, I love physics. I don't want to you know, come up with a model that goes against it. So our, our goal is to make a self-consistent model that's consistent with physics also. So obviously the answer then is no, right? That's just the obvious place <laughs> to go. That's your only other option, but that violates physics too because of a different principle in physics, the second law of thermodynamics. Now, a lot of people have heard of this. It says entropy will always increase. Uh, one of the implications of that is that hot things cool off. If you right. have a concentration of energy, of heat energy, that will dissipate into the environment until it's all equally distributed. Right. So I like to illustrate this with a, a cup of coffee. So you walk into a room and there's a hot, hot cup of coffee on the table. How long has it been there? A long time or a short time? If it's hot, it's obviously not very long. Right, because it hasn't cooled off yet. Right, because eventually that heat is going to dissipate right. into the air around it. So the fact that it hasn't done that yet means it hasn't been there very long. Correct. Had it been there forever, it would have cooled off forever ago. Correct, So we yes. can use coffee then as a crude form of clock. Huh. Not precise, of course, but roughly. Now, with that same thinking, we can apply to the cosmos. Is there anything in the cosmos that hasn't cooled off yet? Yeah, well, we got a blazing sun up <laughs> blazing there. Blazing sun, we have a whole sky full stars, of stars at yes. night, all of, all of this. Will those cool off eventually? Well, some will blow up, whatever, but they're all going to go away eventually. Now, some people would argue new ones can form. That, that idea actually has problems, but setting the problems aside, that process requires energy of which there's a finite amount available. Mm. Wait long enough and that will stop too. So wait long enough, and the universe will enter what's called the heat death, where everything that's hot has cooled off, everything that's radioactive will have decayed, the amount of energy will have equally distributed itself, and the entire universe will be a few degrees above absolute zero, and that's it. That's the end of everything, and it's going to stay that way forever. From the secular way of thinking. I mean, we're, right. we're waiting for the Lord to come Which back. is why my son says, why do I have to make the de bed, Dad? I mean, come <laughs> right. on. It's, everything's going to go to a right. heat death one day. And it, it also has uh, implications for meaning. For sure. Yeah, Why do anything? Yeah, because none of it matters ultimately. Why raise up civilizations? Why or yeah, whatever? Anything. Anything. Moral behavior, whatever you may have. But the point is, if the universe were eternally old, it would have cooled off eternally long ago. Good point. If it had been here forever, it would have cooled off forever ago in the past. 
it hasn't done that yet. So the fact that we see stars and a sun and things that are still hot and the, the heat is not evenly dissipated throughout the entire universe means it could not be infinite. It hasn't, it's not eternal, uh, which eternal. means that therefore it had to have a finite point in time of, of, a beginning. of entry. So now we're back to yes. <laughs> exactly. Great. All right. So, so, so you see the problem for the secular thinker. The secular thinker yes. has to pick yes or no, but yes violates the conservation of mass energy, something that had to come from nothing. No violates the fact that the universe isn't eternally old. So whichever option you pick, you're going to violate some major part of physics in your model. These are the kind of questions my wife asks me, and I'm like, honey, I don't have a good option here. I'm stuck. I'm totally stuck. Right. Okay. But didn't mean to get personal. Sorry. Love you, honey. <laughs> this raises another point with the Big Bang model specifically. And again, this, this argument, this way of thinking applies to any secular origins model, not just the Big Bang. Um, but there are people who say we have to accept the Big Bang model because it requires the universe to have a beginning, and they think that's consistent with the Bible. Well, the Big Bang model actually isn't consistent with the Bible. So setting that aside for the moment, my point for now is we don't need the Big Bang model to show that the universe had a beginning. Huh. If you want to prove that the universe had a beginning, walk outside and look up. The fact that we have the sun, the fact that we have heat, Stars, the fact that we have any energy just to eat and metabolize food. Yeah, I right. mean, any energy whatsoever, usable energy, still exists, had to have a beginning. Yep, because it's not, be it's not eternally old. Okay, that makes sense. So we can get a beginning just from that. So now we can't say yes and we can't say no, well, if you're a secularist. If you're a secularist, right. Okay, okay. We have the option of saying yes, it had a beginning, because we see this not eternally old, but a supernatural creator brought it into existence. Now I've got some of you out there that are on Facebook and YouTube that are going, hang on, I am that secularist. I am the one mm -hmm. that, is, that is saying, you know, I don't believe God created the heavens and the earth. And you're saying that's right where you were at. And this concept really made you think logically about, analytically about the actual beginning of the universe. Did the universe have a beginning? Six word question can lead you on a journey to go, well, it's either yes or no. And you got problems both ways without God. Unless you say that there is a God. And so I, I love physics, so I want to have my thinking consistent with what we know of physics. And the only way to do that is to acknowledge that a supernatural creator must be responsible for the universe being here. Are you actually willing to go on that journey? <laughs> now, that is a challenging question. Are you really in the pursuit of truth? That's challenging. But okay, you didn't stop there. So no, and this is also isn't, I'm, I'm not trying to present a gotcha question. We can't give That's someone one question, ah, gotcha, and, then yeah. you, and now you have You're to You're done, ha, yeah, ha, right. yeah. Uh, but these, this, that for me was the first step. Okay. Because just because I can't answer one question doesn't necessarily mean that everything else I believed at the time was wrong. True. So, but you start chipping away and you start looking at all the other options and other aspects of science and you realize it's really all pointing in a different direction than what I originally thought. That's amazing. You went from totally this way to totally this way. It took almost a year. This is not a... So this is a, okay, so this yeah. is a year journey starting with this concept. Yes. Okay. And so when I, when I speak on this issue now, this is something I like to share with people because it's a simple question. It's simple concepts, you know, hot coffee gets cold. Right. People <laughs> so, can understand this. Right. High schoolers, this middle schoolers can get there's, this. There's no math. There's no, you know, all the rest of it. And just something is here. Why? That's one of the basic questions of life for sure. Why is there something rather than nothing? So moving on then from here with that as the foundation. Uh, we see that approaching this from a secular perspective has problems. Correct. Now, where do they go from here? Well, now we can look at the universe itself and 
try to see what it can tell us, what our observations hint at as far as its, its, uh, its origin. Now, the Big Bang had, if it actually had happened, would need to have been a random event. Correct. Because it supposedly made four things, space, time, matter, energy. And keyword there is time that I'm focusing on right now. Okay. Time began at the Big Bang, according to the model itself. Right, because it couldn't exist before, okay, correct? Right. So could there have been a cause for the Big Bang? Well, no, not if there's no time before the Big Bang. Because a cause has to come before the an effect. An effect. Maybe okay. a very short before, but still, yeah. there has to be a difference in time. I always see that map where they show the picture that like starts with nothing and it flails out to show the universes and everything, and it goes 13.8 billion years back, and they're like, okay, from from the beginning to the actual Big Bang, you know, the beginning of time to the actual, and they're, they're talking about uh, how many, you know, the uh, seconds to the 12,000th time or something. Yeah, like. exactly. And I'm like, I mean, so it's like, they're there, they're there. And I'm like, just right there. It's like, <laughs> and that's what they're trying to present as, okay, this beginning and the Big Bang. I mean, just boom, just, right. but, it, but they separate it, so okay. But set aside all the equations and you come down to fundamental questions like, was there a cause? There, there what could, there caused could, the Big Bang? There couldn't have been, and there by definition, if time began then. True. So therefore, do you expect a random event having come out of this or an ordered, structured? Universe? Has to be completely random. Because there was no cause at all. No right. reason. There's also a question, by the way, is this explanation even scientific anyway? Because we don't see anything that supports it scientifically? Well, to, to, to say that something had no cause. You know, the, like the famous, oh. the famous story of Newton, of Newton sitting and, and seeing an apple fall. Uh, did he say, oh, well, stuff just happens? Right, no. Or does he say, why did that happen? There has to be a reason. I'm going to go find out what that reason is and then make a discovery as a result. You know, milkmaids who get cowpox don't get smallpox. Do you say, well, we live in a random universe after all, so yeah, who can tell? Yeah. No, <laughs> you say something's happening here. There may be something valuable we can discover. Science is based on the assumption that things happen for reasons. Mm. Maybe we don't know what the reason is yet, so let's go find out. But here they're saying at the very beginning of time itself, the entire cosmos had no reason. No eh, reason. Things just happened. That's not a scientific approach. It just approach. happened. Okay, you're That's right. That's a denial That's... of the scientific approach. But setting that aside, we'll okay. move on. So you know, we're seeing problems accumulate already. But the Big Bang had to be random, no cause, it just happened, no creator, no designer. Is this consistent with the universe that we see? N not, absolutely not. No, it's not. From the heavens to the earth to the microscopic, everything looks like incredible design. And finely tuned at all scales. Love those points, From yes. subatomic all the way up to clusters of galaxies. Uh, we could spend a whole hour just on this. I mean, entire books have been written on this by secular people, by the way. Wow. Uh, on the fine-tuning specifically? On the fine-tuning issues like this. And you actually talk about this in your DVD series, I right? I do, yes. By the way, he's got a great DVD series. Uh, Amanda throw this in the chat. It's creationastronomy.com, uh, a three-part series that covers this, and it's, uh, it's fantastic, by the way. Great actually, show. most of what we're talking about here in this session is from the DVDs also. Okay, so, yeah. awesome. Freebies, love it. <laughs> so, as an example, people are going to want to know what we're talking about here. Uh, the strong nuclear force holds particles together to make the nuclei of atoms. Okay. If that were 3% stronger, excuse me, 2% stronger, or 0.3% weaker than it currently is, atoms wouldn't be stable. 2% stronger, 0.3% weaker. So, very, very window within which it can, it can create stable atoms. Now, obviously, an unstable atom is a bad thing. If yeah, because shaboom. <laughs> right. I mean, that's what we're made of. So if atoms themselves weren't stable, 
This is not the a, fact a that these universe. atoms and molecules are staying together is because that nuclear force is very, very precise. Yes. Too strong. That's one of the reasons. There's, there's others as well. Okay. Yes. Too strong. Things implode, or they just. It, bottom line is the atoms can't stay in the, in their. The, the electrons can't hold together in that specific field. A, a lot of the laws of chemistry rely on these things operating the way that they do. Okay. And tweak those those numbers just a little bit, you know, twiddle the knobs and the dial, so to speak, and things act very differently and life wouldn't be possible. Okay. So from the smallest scale all the way out to the largest scale. So what do I mean by larger scale? Well, someone was modeling the Big Bang a few years back and realized that you have this singularity that popped into existence from who knows where <laughs> and suddenly began expanding. Well, there's two um, effects at work here. You have this expansion blowing right. stuff apart, and then you have gravity trying to pull it all back oh, together yeah. again. Now, if either of those had dominated early on, then the universe would be very different one way or the other. But somehow the universe had to walk this razor's edge where these two were just finely balanced the whole way. Like how finely balanced? Well, they realized the fine tuning has to be one to 10 to the 60th power, one out of 10 to the 60th. So that these the, the gravitational force and the what's the other one expansion the expansion force they had to be those exactly forces had to be exact. counterbalancing each other for 14 billion years of history by the way oh or I, no that's that part's not true for most of the early parts of the universe um, in order for it to expand at the right speed at the right rate without going to because if it went too fast you lose it all because because early on in in the in the history according to this model. And I don't believe the model, of course, I'm presenting okay. yeah. as they do. This is what they say. Uh, supposedly matter formed and then gravity pulled it together into galaxies. And then there's stars forming and then planets formed and then. Oh, so the expansion at. force was too strong. You don't get stars, planets, galaxies. And we're not here to, to see it all today. Right. If it's too weak. If it's too weak, then everything collapses into black holes. Early, and we're not early here on, to see And it. we're not here to see it. So either way, we're not here. The fact that we're here means it had to walk this fine balancing act and it's one it, it, out of 10 to the 60th 10 to the 60th so, so that's one 10, with 60 zeros yes and 60 zeros behind it yep so that's just the number what does that mean so yeah i like to explain this to people say well there's 10 to the 80th atoms in the universe <laughs> divide that by 10 to the 60th you get 10 to the 20th atoms is your margin of error for the big bang model 10 to the 20th atoms, atoms is your margin which of error. sounds like a lot but you really, of course, atoms are very small. Right. 10 to the 20th atoms is about the amount of matter in a single grain of sand. So think of how much stuff there is in the universe. All the stars, all the galaxies, everything, you know. Women's closets. Yeah, exactly. Okay. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff out there. We've been working I, I didn't on our say closet. That. We've it's, been working on our closet. <laughs> my wife and I, we got to do the attic next. Okay. A lot of stuff out there. A lot of stuff out there. So, But the Big Bang supposedly made all of this. Had it made one extra grain of sand's worth of stuff anywhere in the cosmos, then it would have all collapsed into black holes. We wouldn't be here to talk about it. Had it made one grain of sand less than what the universe currently has, runaway expansion would have taken over. We wouldn't be here to talk about it. So that's how finely tuned we're talking. For a random event with no creator or designer involved. Does that sound like a random event to you? Not random. This <laughs> Not is incredible. And then the problem got worse. No way. <laughs> Today, the fine-tuning of the universe in the Big Bang model is up to 10 to the 123rd power. This is Are they adding all these together? Is that what they're doing, saying the, the, the strong and weak force, the gravitational force, plus this, plus this, to get that no, one to the... No, this is only one parameter, the fine-tuning of dark energy in the model. So There's so, a lot of other ones besides this. 
So if you were to add all these together, you're talking exponentially Well, more I mean, the, the, the worst prop. ones dominate the easier ones in a sense. Okay, okay. So so the, the dark saying. energy one is the worst one by far. Uh, one second, and the it's one to the... 10 to the 123rd. Oh my goodness. So now 10 to the 123rd divided by 10 to the 80th atoms is 10 to the minus 43 of the mass energy of a single atom. So put a decimal point, 42 zeros and a one, that, of one that fraction of one atom is how finely tuned the random Big Bang had to be. Doesn't sound like it was Doesn't too random, random to me, I gotta tell you. Very much so, which is why a lot of secular thinkers really struggle with this. And they do see this. They do recognize. I, I mean, I'm, the, I'm quoting their work. This isn't stuff I came up with. Wow. What do they say about that? Well, they have a couple of ways that, that they think they can escape the implications. Okay. And the first is called the multiverse. Multi multiverse meaning multiple universes. So it is now fairly widely accepted uh, that our universe is not the only universe that exists. That there's an infinite number of universes out there outside of our own. Infinite. Infinite. And this has actually been added to the Big Bang model because in the inflationary phase of the Big Bang would supposedly produce all these infinite universes just bubbling out of Infinite inflation. universes. Right. I mean, e do we understand e what that means? <laughs> we can talk about it, but you can't really. Yeah, I guess that's true. You can't it. really understand it. So it's really something just thrown out there. Is, this, is, is that scientific? Is that literally, okay, out of the Big Bang model, you can, can we talk about that in terms of Science, because that's where they seem to put it. They cast it in the realm of science. Well, it's scientists who are proposing it, yes. But we can stand back from it and say, is that really science? First of all, how can there be more than one universe in the first place? Because universe is supposed to mean everything that exists. <laughs> that's true. Well, <laughs> if, there's infinite everythings. <laughs> infinite everythings, yeah. More than one everything. Uh, but they redefine <laughs> the word so that universe now means everything we can possibly ever observe. Okay. Everything that's accessible to observations, even so with as the far best as we can conceivable see. technology, yeah. Okay. So even with better telescopes than what we currently have, there's limits as to what we could ever possibly see. So everything outside of that boundary is a separate universe, according to this way of thinking. Okay. So they're proposing there's infinite number of universes that we can never, by definition, can never see. They're outside of observation, just by the way this is being defined. Now, is that a scientific proposal? No. Because science is things that we can see, test, and demonstrate. Exactly. And these things are, by definition, outside. inaccessible and outside. Correct. And I like to ask, too, if something is outside of the natural world, what word do we use to describe that? <laughs> Supernatural. Super exactly. Because super means outside of or beyond. So the scientists today are actually implementing a super... Natural. ...idea. <laughs> While criticizing us for invoking a supernatural creator... Because supernatural explanations are non-scientific. Yeah, these are the same guys saying we can't let a divine foot in the door. We can't let, you know, you can't step outside of science. You've got to deal with right. the, the, the natural material world. You can't. And then yet they're actually invoking. So if you hear multiverse, they're, they're actually talking about something supernatural. By definition. Well, that's a <laughs> shot in the foot right there. And there's other problems, too, once you buy into this idea, or even if you don't buy into it and you're just looking at the implications. Okay. Because if there's, the idea itself says that there's infinite variations on everything. So there's an infinite number of universes just like this one, but with minor tweaks to it. Maybe you had something different for breakfast this morning. That's a separate universe. So a universe that's exactly the same, except... We're, we're, taught, we're having the same conversation in the same room, but minor difference. You wore a different shirt, maybe. I drove a different car. Or 
whatever. <laughs> I, I ordered something different to drink, and all of those exist. Yep. All of those variations in, 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 exist in, in, out there. Infinite number of times. There's universes where the U.S. didn't enter World War II. There's universes where America didn't exist to try to go into World War II because the 13 colonies lost the revolution against King George. <laughs> There's a universe where Biden didn't win. Infinite number. <laughs> <laughs> We're moving. So every possible variation of every possible event is out there an infinite number of times. Oh, my goodness. You talk about supernatural, the things that... So I, when, I, when I hear this, I go, it sounds like people are willing to go to great lengths in order to avoid Occam's razor, the simplest explanation. And think about the model that they are embracing. Every science fiction movie or book you've ever seen or read reflects a real universe out there somewhere. <laughs> Every science fiction movie is a documentary. Oh my word. Even the old ones. <laughs> Even the old cheesy ones, yep. So that, the ones that are painful to watch. That those really <laughs> actually happened they're in happen, some universe. They're happening right now. It, it is taking speak, place an infinite number of times. So if you adopt the multiverse, you're you're adopting a supernatural explanation. You're adopting the idea that there are infinite number of universes where every conceivable uh, scenario. I mean, when you think of just the atoms in a universe, ten to the eightieth. When you think of the number, so every atom doing something different, times in a different way. Sure. Yeah. So one atom of ten to the eightieth doing all these different. One atom changing, a second atom changing, a third, and they have all these. Wow, that's it, it gets to absurdity pretty quick. That's what infinity means. So you have Captain Kirk and Mister Spock as real people, Luke, Leia, and Han. <laughs> They're all out there. Lightsabers are real. Now, I'm not saying that secular cosmologists are arguing for this, but it's the okay. logical implication of their ideas. That's true. Now, they don't want to go where I just took it, <laughs> but that's where it leads if you, if you take it to its logical conclusion. Okay, I still want to get to this idea of alien simulation. Right. Uh, I want to finish the Big Bang, and then I got to hear kind of the gap of your story from, okay, you, you spent a year, and I want to hear more about that, to... Now you actually travel and speak on this, and yes. you actually do presentations to help people understand these truths. Uh, but before I get to that, Facebook and YouTube, love you guys. I am kicking you off. If you want to watch the rest of the conversation, <laughs> come on over to Creation Today over at creationtoday.org. We'll finish this conversation. Before I go, though, please go check out creationastronomy. Com, creationastronomy.com, and I'd encourage you to grab that three DVD set. It's right there on the homepage. Go and add to cart each one of those three. And Spike, will you be home later to ship those out? Uh, yes. Okay, he'll <laughs> ship those out to you, and you can actually get your own copies of this. And, and here's why. What you believe determines how you behave. Your worldview affects everything. And I want to talk more about that with you, sure. about, about the implications of your specific worldview and how it changed from where you were when you when you did your 180. Uh, I know some of you don't believe the things that we're saying. Some of you are rejecting the idea that God created the heavens and the earth. Yet I want you to understand your own principles, Occam's razor, it's the simplest explanation. It's the one that makes the most sense. Give us the question one more time for him. Did the, the universe, universe have a beginning? Did the universe have a beginning? You write down yes and then list out the implications. Then you write down no and list out the implications. 
there's problems either way mm -hmm. if you reject the scripture, if you reject the creator, absolutely, the God of the Bible. Wow. Hey, uh, I'll look forward to seeing you guys more next week. Creation members, let's keep talking. And if you got questions uh, for Spike, please put them in the comments. I got them right here. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm engaged in this conversation. <laughs> but uh, I will read your questions uh, on your Q&A and on the chat and, uh, and get to those as we keep working through this. If you've ever wanted to have consistent growth into interesting conversations that help you understand the foundation of the Word of God and share that foundation with a lost world that desperately needs it, let me invite you to become a Creation Today member. My name is Eric Hovind. I'm the president of Creation Today. We have conversations each week with special guests on a variety of topics that are both intriguing and help us to dig down deeper into God's Word. So if you've ever wanted to truly grow in your faith, let me encourage you to spend a year with me. We'll get 52 sessions together and you'll get to be a Creation Today member that gets access not only to every live event we do and have an opportunity to have discussions with the guests, but also everything we've done in the past. It's a great way for you and your family to grow your faith.